And welcome back to the next episode of the Fit Affiliate Podcast, joined by my ever-faithful cohort, Tony. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I was trying to give you a compliment today to start it off with. Ever-faithful. Where else am I going? That's why I laugh. I'm like, what? how am I going to not be faithful? Am I going to cheat on you with another podcast? <laughs> hey, you, you could be. You could be out there on the interwebs. I know. think what you meant to say is am I ever responsible because I'm always here and I'm always on time and you can count on me. I can't. That's what I think. Yeah. I, can't. I just made that I know, up. I gave I, myself my I, own accolade for everybody that's listening. I do know your schedule, so I usually know when to expect your little face to. Not only does she the... know it, she has control of it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to a podcast now. But do I really? Do I really? No. Um, I mean, I no. will just no show you. It's okay. Yeah, I would never fine. do that to you because it's like what two in the morning? Uh, yeah, about two two forty five, right now. So yes, not many more um, days of this uh, backdrop of yours. We're going to be gonna have a new a new uh a new studio that's why it's not looking great because i've had to start to demolish said it always looks great um the the desk looked a bit chaotic the other day as i started pulling down mics and stuff and it was a bit like i need to bring some order to that so i could at least sit here and record but yes very soon mm. hopefully a couple of weeks there'll be a shiny new backdrop and make it look nice for you because i know you like that when there's you know pretty things Yes, pretty things. Pretty things. What are we talking about? Well, so much we can talk about. But today I thought we would focus on, and you know I, I love to read your Instagram or fitfully an Instagram and, and draw some inspiration from that. And I thought you did um, a couple of really good posts this week, and I think they are, you know, kind of kind of linked. Where we talk about who sets your goal matters, hmm. which I thought was a really good post because we can – you know, get caught. And we've spoken about these before about, you know, mimetic versus ec ecological goals and, you know, someone telling you what your sh goal should be or you're assuming someone else's goal. And I think that links nicely into the one that just came out is, you know, who do you want to be when you grow up, which is what's your identity and finding mm. your identity as an entrepreneur, as an affiliate owner, you know, as a coach. And, you know, I think that there's, there's many layers of that. And, I think once you have your identity, it becomes much easier to set your own course and set your own goals and not be at the whim of the the group think, like we like to say. But I thought it was it was it was good to expand on those and to to dig into that a little bit today. Yeah. Just sticking with the theme. Lisa just pulls one out of the out of the socials and throws it at me. You know, I write them at like six in the morning. So you, sometimes they're not they're not that conscious. Um no, those two posts, um, they're kind of part of a bigger series of posts, I guess. Like it's been a bit of a theme only in that and we've had a lot of new people come in and there's been certainly for whatever reason, there's a theme amongst the enrollments. Like, I don't know how this happens to be and universe is doing universe things, but people all seem to have a, uh, a, a similar disposition or interest as it applies to this, this current enrollment. And and that's usually the case. And most of those posts, as I think most of you guys know, usually come from some degree of circumstance or experience or something that happened throughout the week. But, um, hmm. you know, the, the one particularly goal setting in general 
is such an interesting topic because truly it's its own sort of industry um, in, in many ways, or it could be. And, and I think what's funny about goal setting is that there's like two camps. There's people who are like team goal and there's people who are just like goals are stupid. Right. And um, I don't sit on either of those truly. Um, and that I, I, I tend to agree a little bit with the notion that goals are stupid with the, the, the stupid goal group, as well as um, I'm also on the other side where goals are important because I sit somewhere in the middle and understand that like the neurochemistry and neurobiology that applies to being human or makes you a human kind of supports or suggests that you don't really have a choice. Uh, mm. Goals are going to be an inevitable part of your future, your journey, your life, et cetera, because it's essentially how you're wired. And I think to make this, this, that post and to make this podcast make sense, we have to understand why humans seem to gravitate towards goals um, and why some people try to avoid them. And simply put, there's a D word, not that D word. Um, <laughs> I wonder where the podcast is going all of a sudden. That is also both D words are centered around enjoyment, but dopamine. And essentially, as it applies to dopamine, people think of it, I think, a lot as like the reward chemical. Um, you know, we, we hear it a lot as it applies to addiction and things like that. But that's not really how dopamine works. Dopamine is much more uh, in anticipation. It's kind of the mm -hmm. anticipation molecule or the motivation molecule, right? And the reason why that's important is that its simple existence in your chemistry supports the belief that you're going to have to set goals. Whether you set them or not, they're going to get set because the the sheer necessity and urge behind dopamine for you and your brain and your body suggests that whether or not you set a goal, your brain on a regular basis is anticipating something. And the, the thing that's important in that is that if with any degree of awareness, we can control that conversation. Or if we don't, we've all seen the resulting effect of the uncontrolled conversation. Uh, at its extreme side, you see things like addiction, you know, at its you know less extreme side, you see things like poor nutritional choices or you know self-destructive behaviors, et cetera. But like the point is, is that you will anticipate things, you will be motivated to pursue things, and that is all dopamine is. And because of that, you are hardwired to pursue things or anticipate or look for things. And so goals are important. And so whether or not you're a team goal or team, we can call it whatever you want. You're gonna go after something and, and no doubt about it, how you would like to do it, label it or do it or identify it, it's up to you. But who sets that goal certainly seems to suggest by all the data be the most important part of it, which is hilarious in my opinion, because it's so obvious, right? You know, mm. but I think most people think, like I said in the post, yeah, I set my own goals, right? Because you, you wrote them down or you put them on your vision board or you journaled them or you did whatever you wanted. But that doesn't mean that you set that goal. And that's where we see so many people, especially in the, the goals are stupid camp, really kind of stake their claim. And that's because most people's goals are not their own goals and their likelihood of success to those goals is almost zero for that reason. Mm. And and they get trapped into what, and this, this can apply, I guess, in, in life is like what's expected. So, well, here are the things I should want out of life like you know to have 
the house with the white picket fence, 2.3 children. Um, the 0.3 is a bit awkward, but, you know, you know, have a car, have a job, so have a dog. dog. Yeah, have a dog. Um, do all the things. Those those kind of life goals are kind of, it's almost laid out that you're like, well, this is what a, a, a person who is relatively successful should should have. Here are the boxes to tick. Um, right. So we know one thing, and that is that your brain, whether you choose to or not, is going to set a goal, whether that be ice cream mm. later or that be, you know, a million dollar business or whatever, right? Um, mm. Or whatever, whatever the goal becomes. We also know at the same time that that's happening. <laughs> um, humans have no idea what they want. Mm. None. I, so we exist, Fit Affiliate exists in essentially an industry of one. There's nobody else that does what we do simply because mm. the thing that we really do what nobody else does is help people clarify what they want. And it is fun, if not hilarious, to see how many people come in relatively certain as to what they want, but with a little bit of pushing and a little bit of questioning, it doesn't take very long for them to realize, I have no idea what I want. Mm. That might have actually always been the problem. Yep. Mm. 100%. Well, you know, everybody without fault um, comes in and struggles with the, you know, if the magic wand question, everything goes right in 10 years, what does it look like? What do you want it to be? Uh, the doors open and me not here 24-7 and really struggle with that whole concept of, well, what do I want it to be? Because everyone's been, you've kind of been going along just, almost trying to be whatever you think CrossFit wants it to be or what you think it should be rather than what do you really want it to be? What does it mean to you? Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to get to heaven, but no one wants to die. Mm. And so, you know, in that magic wand statement, the second thing, the second example you gave is the most common one. Everybody, when we give them the magic wand, they just tell us what they don't want. Right. And like mm. as humans, I guarantee you, as a simple exercise for anybody that's listening to this right now, I want you to, to list out 10 things that you want in life and then give me a list of 10 things you don't want to happen in life. And I mm. promise you that, and I'm sure you already know this, the list of things you don't want will be much easier to populate than the list mm. of things that you do want. Right? Especially Let's if I said real things that you want. Not like dumb things like, Give me 10 actual, legitimate, real, important, impactful, life-changing things that you want. You'd be like, mm. vacation? Like, that doesn't count, right? But you could easily be like, I don't want to work this job anymore. I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. I don't want to do this. And like that list is 4,000 pages long, right? Mm. And the, that's the struggle not keeping that to 10. Right. The struggle yeah. is keeping that to 10 because it's going to be sure. so easy to do. Yeah. And, and that's not really anybody's fault. It's not for the mm. same reason why you're hardwired for pursuit. You're also hardwired to overvalue or, you know, or devalue positives and overvalue negatives. Because as you mm. can imagine, typically speaking, negative things are bigger risks, right? So we mm. tend to place more weight on them. And so those two things, those two mechanisms, if you're following along, are effectively at odds with your pursuit of your success, right? We, we, 
have no choice but to set and pursue goals. At the same time, we have no choice but to do that because dopamine is constantly working against us or for us, really. At, mm. at the same time that that's happening, we're also ultimately terrible at, at identifying what it is and who it is that we want to become. And then for good measure, we throw the third musketeer in there, which is that we also are really, really good at paying attention to what we don't want. So if you're following along, mm. this looks like all of your attention and energy goes towards what you don't want to happen. And all of your subconscious mm. energy goes towards pursuing things that you don't know that you're after. And it doesn't take very long to, to look around and be like, now I explains why everybody is miserable. Mm. Right. And this is not an affiliate owner problem or even an entrepreneur problem. It's just a human problem. It's, it's a uniquely human condition because we have the ability to change our environment. And so there's ways that you can make it work for you. And really what it comes down to, the first thing that really comes down to, and, and I guess to your point, Lisa, there's two things that you brought up, which was who sets the goal as well as who do you want to become? You ultimately like, they're the same thing. And I was like, I think they're two different things because they really could be, but they ultimately mingle a little bit to some degree. Because if you, if you can't tell me what you want your future to look like, who's going to do it? Mm. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that, right? Like, if not you, then who? Like, wh whose job is it to tell you your future? Mm. Well, nobody's. Yeah, nobody's. Right. But everybody and, is looking to, well, not everybody, but, uh, you know, the vast majority are looking to abdicate some degree of responsibility for that because then they abdicate responsibility for then executing on that. And if it goes wrong, it's somebody else's fault. Well, I don't think that they're really abdicating. I mean, they are. I don't think they mean to do that. I don't think that they're doing mm -hmm. it so you know, maliciously or intentionally that like you know, they're trying to make it someone else's fault as much as that. Mm -hmm. Simply put, we're just not taught to do it, right? Like, mm -hmm. In fact, like from the moment you're a child and you know, you're a dreamer and you're imagining, you're playing these things, like the clock is ticking, right? You're, you're already told that like, one day you got to grow up. One day you got to stop being a dreamer. One day, like, mm. you know, maybe they don't say that directly to you, but everything around you and everybody's mannerisms and actions and behavior certainly suggest to you that, like, you got to become a realist, right? You got to stop dreaming. Mm. You got to stop doing. And then on top of that, you know, through the uh, another post that was made, which is identity foreclosure, like, that gets looped in there where it's like, you know, everybody, we're all born with this belief, especially from our parents. I think every parent really means well, right? Like, they want to see their child do really, really well. And mm. so nothing about this is malicious, but their actions, their behaviors, their environments, and their circumstances, the child's, is dictated 100% by the parent, right? They're things that keep them alive, right? And so for mm. that reason, they also play a large role in the person that you become, in the world that you see, in the worldview that you keep, right? And so we know that to be true. And what you end up seeing happens is that Kids, children end up becoming teenagers or, you know, sometimes maybe it's not until like their 20s or maybe post-college because, you know, that's whatever. You might live in like a helicopter house. But inevitably, there's that there's that that stereotypical teenager who's, you know, uh, miserable, right? They're, they're, they're recalcitrant. They got their hood up, their headphones on. They're not coming out of their room. Like they don't communicate with their parents anymore. And like. It's comical because everybody can envision that thing. But the real reason why that's happening is that if that's about the right age, that we all start coming into our own identity, right? We start considering who am I 
in a world where we were otherwise not necessarily needing to pay attention to that, right? And so, mm. like, when you're a child, just like the food that you eat is basically whatever your parents got, right? Like, you just, mm. there was some choices, and you could probably throw a temper tantrum and get chicken nuggets instead of like vegetables. But, like, for the most part, decisions were mm. decisions, right? And so, you see that happen, but you also see it kind of happen, you know, as they, they get later. And really, what you see is people come out of college and then they're like, Okay, now I have my degree, and so I am me. And what does that mean? And then then we move into what is essentially everybody's favorite version, which is identity paralysis, which is like, oh, I don't know me. But it's like mm. introducing yourself for the first time. This is obviously a a developmental conversation right now, but you see this happen in the affiliate landscape, right? Mm. You know, you are basically born into the affiliate owner world, and much like a child, you have no idea what you want. Right? Mm. You have no idea how to keep yourself alive. You have no idea where food comes from. You have no idea what's <laughs> edible. You have no idea what's hot, right? Yeah. So you look around and you take cues from your environment and you emulate and you do things. And then, you know, you really, you start looking to your peers. You start looking in the groups and you start seeing what other people are doing and how it's working. And so you start, you start emulating those things, taking them on. And then eventually you end up with your identity chosen for you through identity foreclosure from your peer group, right? And so mm. now you start working through this thing and it's kind of working, it's kind of not working, but you start to do the same thing in which is you start looking for more cues and more help and more answers. But the thing that you've never really done is took an ownership of the fact that it was always your identity created. And so you have to move into that sort of mid or that, that teenage sort of time frame when you get to choose your own identity, right? You can start to mm. experience and explore who you are. And I think it's at this point that things start to go a little bit crazy. And this is usually when people end up on our schedule, right? Because like they've probably been through a couple of other mentors, gurus, or otherwise trying to figure out like, where do I get more answers? And they get more answers and nothing really feels right. So now they kind of mm. feel like that, that, that reluctant recalcitrant teenager. And they're just like, now they're brooding, right? Because so they end up on our calendar and we ask them, who do you want to be? Mm. And they're like, uh, you know, some of them come in with a real good idea of who they want to be. Others are like, successful? I'm like, that's a great answer. What does that look like for you? And so you start to dig mm. through it. But for most of those clients that end up there, that's the first time somebody has done that with them. Mm. Instead of because I easily could have been like, okay, here's what you want. Here's what you need to do. And here's how, what it's going to look like. And they'd be like, yeah, because that fits the whole mold of what, you, what you're used to, how you were raised, how you went to school, how you were taught, everything. Mm. But you realize really quickly, just like a kid in their 20s, my past hasn't necessarily set me up for my future. Mm. And that's really where it all starts from, right? And so you know, if you take it back to the original question here, which is, you know, the post or the, the original topic, which is the post, which is, who am I? In that same conversation, none of us as children, I don't think, I mean, some of you fortunate ones may be listening to this because you'll let me know in the comments, but some of us maybe, but most of us were never asked who we want to be. Everybody asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? Like, mm. And that simple thing right there made us all believe that who I was was a matter of what I did rather than who I wanted to become. And then from that freaking day forward, your entire life was centered around a pursuit of what and not who. And so when someone comes along and says, who do you want to be? You're like, I want to be a better doctor. I'm like, that's not, that's a what. 
Like that's yep. that's what you do. Like what? Who are you? They're like, mm. I'm a doctor. I'm like that's what you do. Like you know who you yep. are is what you do with being a doctor, right? Like what is the mm. impact? What is the good that you're going to do with the world? And everybody gets it. And so once you dig a little bit, then they're like, oh, and then it feels really good, right? Because you start talking about and thinking about these future things. And so, you know, back to, you know, who are you or, or what do you want to be when you grow up versus, you know, who sets the goal? You can start to see how those two things overlap, right? Where it's like, mm. oh, the society sets the goal for me. I get it. Mm. And it is, we. it's interesting, we had this conversation on the uh, MDCP um, podcast just the other week about who are you without labels and, you know, without a definition of your job. And, like, I fell very much into the trap of, you know, I define myself by being a CrossFit coach or by being an affiliate owner. And if someone said, oh, you know, who who are you? They're the things I would lead with. But if you had to strip away all those things, then people really struggle with then because we, like you said, we, we, as you grow up, you're defined by what it is you do or what it is you aspire to be more so than, you know, who you are at your, at your essence, like what makes you tick. Um, and it, you know, it was a, we fully transparently, we had to record the episode twice because the, the concept, you know, was such a struggle the first time around. It was like super clunky. We're like, okay, now we've thought about it more. Let's, let's do it again. But, and, you know, we said that like, this is our second go around at this because it's a really big concept to get your head around when for, you know, I'm 48 and a half years old. It's always been about, you know. Years young. Years, years young. <laughs> years young. Um, it's about what are you doing? Not like, well, who do you need to be to, to get to where you want to be? You know? Yeah. It's a mind melting subject, right? So like, not only did you guys have to record mm -hmm. that twice, but like I've gotten incessantly pinged by all of you guys with like existential crises. Right. <laughs> and, and it's not your fault. It's not that like you guys are uniquely broken. Like it's everybody. Like mm -hmm. you find anyone on the street and you introduce yourself to them. And then your first question is likely going to be, what do you do? Mm. Right? Like, or what do you do for a living or things like that? And this is something that is always fascinating because ultimately I retired somewhere probably in like my thirties, mid my thirties, like probably like around like 38, I was officially like, you know what? By every stretch of the imagination, every standard that's been set for me, I'm retired um, mm. as it applies to the conventional world. Like I still work because mm. I work on things I want to work on, but that's it. Right. I work on the things that I want to work on when I want to work on them with who I want to work on them and only when I want to work on them. That by every definition makes me retired, you know, mm -hmm. and most people don't have that freedom in life. And that was one of the, the constructs that the company was built off was like getting people to that point of freedom where, you know, they had the freedom of time, money, purpose, and relationships so that you could do that. And, you know, this, this notion of retirement that we've all accepted as a society mm -hmm. looks like you know, 60, 70 years old, save up your money and go do it. But like, it's really much simpler than that. It's find a way to make money doing something that you love and create dollars out of nowhere and you're essentially free. But if you have to trade time and money, uh, then you're going to be in trouble there. But my point, I guess, in bringing all that stuff up is that you know, even for me, I've always struggled with this because people are like, what do you do? And I defaulted to essentially 
somewhere around that time frame being like, I'm retired. They're like, because mm. that would open up the door to the conversation being like, how are you so young and so retired? Like, did you sell an app <laughs> or something? I'm like, nope, I just create opportunities for other people. Mm. Right? Like, and you, you start to understand that people are ill-equipped to handle the construct and the concept of who they are. But it's much easier for them to understand the concept and the construct of what they are because what is outside of their decision? Who is uniquely inside their choice-making ability, right? Who is a choice? What is predetermined? And so from a very young age, we, we grow up emulating our parents, but then we move into like a school-based structure regardless of how you went to school. But like you were set on a track to become something. And regardless of what that is, it's a pretty clear path, right? Whether that be a mm. fireman or that be an astronaut or that be an engineer or a doctor, like you can move towards something absent of your own doubt, absent of your own insecurity, et cetera, as long as you just check the boxes. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that humans are task obsessed, right? Like mm. we love to immerse ourselves in tasks and checklists so that we can distract ourselves from transformation because transformation mm. seems a lot more like esoteric and whimsical, borderline irresponsible, right? Mm. But getting stuff done, checking boxes and doing a good job is like core to what we, we've known and in, in how we've been defined. And so for all of us that are you know, in, in pursuit of this thing, when someone says, who are you? You're going to give some derivative answer like you guys in the podcast of what you are, right? Like you'll give an altruistic version of it and something that sounds real good and you'll word sale the piss out of it. But the reality <laughs> is it's still going to be a chopped up version of what you do. And, mm. and this is an important starting point because you have to figure out who you want to become. And so step one for everyone, the clients that always comes in the door is exactly that. Like, let's craft this future. Take me future state. Let's go out in the distance. Let's see what this thing looks like. And it's hard. It's never, it's never simple. And that is essentially the entire point of the business, right? Is, mm. is to get you guys to become dreamers again, because systematically the world has taken that from you. Not mm. maliciously. I don't think, I don't think that they, this, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those foil hat people who thinks that like we want everybody to be part of this system. It's just that it's much easier to tell people what to do than to leave them to their own choices. Mm. And, and that's really what it comes down to. And, and it's, it is super, super easy sometimes, like, you know, even through our method and the way that we work with our clients, you know, we, we're not in the advice model, but sometimes it would be super easy to slip into that. It's like, okay, this is just a distraction for you. Like, just do this, this, and this, and then we can work on the other stuff. But, it's it's you you kind of robbing them of to, to flip into that a you know for all the reasons that we don't do it but but it kind of robs them of that experience of using that to figure out who they are in the process of becoming you know who it is that they want to be or all that vision is is you know that through the struggle there is you know enormous growth but people you know we shared a a real um, today on the MDCP also about, you know, but you spoke so beautifully on that you saw, you know, first thing this morning when you oh, woke right. up and turned on your phone. But humans will avoid, do anything to avoid discomfort. Hmm. So 
give me the answer and then that bit's easy and then, well, who should I be? Yeah. Like what helps me fit? Like what should I be? Who should I be? Rather than, you know, and and this is something that I've struggled a lot with, particularly since being out of the affiliate is like, well, who who am I? Like what what where do I fit in in, in the scheme of things? You're like, well, whatever you want it to be. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And it's a hard thing to to sit with. And most yeah. of us will avoid it. Well, with great power comes great, you know, great risk, right? And so, like, the the thing that's important, I suppose, in this is that the first most important part of, as a company who creates opportunity for other people, right? Because that's all we do. Um, the first most important part is that we have to help them make them or guide them the reality that there is opportunity. Right. And this is the thing that is the problem with the other version, right? Which is the pursuit of of what versus who you are. Because what puts you not only in pursuit of an identity, it also caps you in that pursuit of identity. Because, you know, let's just say that you doesn't make enough money or doesn't have the mm-hmm. right schedule or it comes with 60 hours a week or you know, it's got residency or this or that. Like not only does it come with an identity it comes with a responsibility and a limitation and so systematically humans learn that like futures opportunities look more like limitations than they look like opportunities or capabilities right and so if we're going to if we're going to show you a bold new world and a brave new world and exciting new world the first thing we have to do is really pretty simple which is show you how to dream again right let you understand that like you can be whoever you want to be. That part of it is hard, right? That's like I said, it, it's one of those things to your point that when you start to spend some time with it, it's like, oh, this. I'd much rather just check some boxes rather than spend time in this existential crisis. But it doesn't have to go that far, right? Is, we, is, is the point of this podcast, if you're listening to this, is hopefully it does melt your mind a little bit to be like, holy wow, I'm a grown ass human and I don't know who I am, right? Like you're not alone in that. And awareness precedes action. So that's the first big starting point. The second thing is that upon determining who you are, you get to decide who you get to become. But if you don't, you're only going to end up becoming what? And that's always going to be a measure of what you settled for versus what you accomplished, period. So Mm. as we start to think through this and as you're listening to this, start to kind of pass everything through it in terms of who sets the goal matters, right? Because you might think that you've been setting your goals, million dollars in revenue, two million, whatever this looks like. But like, even that is most likely a social acceptance of a good income, right? Like mm. somebody decided that like six figures a year is a respectable income. Therefore I'm validated. Right. And mm. there were that in and of itself is why most people don't get to six figures in $1 million because it's not their goal, right? They're they're seeking validation or justification instead of knowing very clearly at 100 or 1 million, right? And as a spoiler, if you give me a goal, that's a round number. Everybody uh, that's one of my clients will know that he's going to nail you on it because it's how I know that that number is not a real number, right? You just chose somebody else's number. But if you say, I want to make a million dollars, 
you better be prepared to tell me how your life is going to change upon accomplishing that goal. And, and respectfully, most of us are like, dude, my life would be so different with a million dollars. I agree. How? Mm. Stuff. I'm like, well, if, if the way it's going to be different is you're going to buy more things and have a bigger house, like, congratulations, you're broke again. Like, yeah, you don't I hope that by making a million dollars, you would blow open the doors of opportunities and capabilities and ability to do more things because now you have the resources and the financial wherewithal and the freedom from that distraction of accumulating money to now go focus time and energy on something else. Mm. And that's what we'll challenge you to do. But again, it's probably not going to be a million dollars because that's not the number. It's probably, if I'm going to be honest, a much bigger number, truly. Because, mm. well, for one, a million dollars is like $700,000 now. So, you know, we, <laughs> the number itself is going to have to get bigger. But the important thing here is that it doesn't matter what the number is. It doesn't matter if the mm. number is 100 million or if it's 50 million or if it's 100,000. You are capable. You just have to start with knowing what that number is and you have to start with why that number is important because it's not about the money it's not about the dollars because spoiler money's not real and i think we all learn that now because everybody just keeps changing the value of it every single day it's what you do with that money that matters right and so that might seem esoteric but i think that through this whole inflation craziness that we were going through now people are starting to realize that like oh it's never been about money it's about the thing that you do with money that matters and it's the same thing what doesn't matter who you want to become does. And so as you start to try to move towards these numbers, you're going to have to figure out like, what do I want my life to look like? And that no doubt will come with a financial price point. Right? Mm. But if we've defined that like this, that or the other thing is going to happen at this price point, we need to get to $7.3 million. That's mm. much different in pursue, right? Cause you're like, you're pursuing an entire ecological ideological existence versus a bank account number. Mm. And I think like putting like all your eggs in, in, in the basket of saying, you know, a million dollars or whatever. Yes, I agree. It's very easy, but I don't think that our brains can truly conceptualize that because all throughout life, um, you know, a million dollars, a billion dollars, a trillion dollars, it's inconceivable. Like you can't put a million dollars in a room and look at it and go, okay, this is what it looks like. You can have, you know, $300 in your hand and you know what that is. And because we have, you know, this gambling and lottos and things like that, it's become like these whimsical, you know, non-existent things. So our brain can't actually conceptualise those, you know, numbers like that to put into place what that looks like into reality. So that's why it's easy to go, a million dollars, it seems like a lot, so I think that'll be enough. Hmm. Rather than, you know, what are the things, you know, what, what do I want my life to look like? Well, then what do I need to then support that? Hmm. And I we mean, can get lost in it. Well, psychologically speaking, there's a reason why we do that. And I don't think that we need to jump down the ragged, ragged, the rabbit hole of that on this <laughs> podcast. Just know that we all will do it, right? And the reason we do hmm. that is as humans, we choose and pursue unattainable goals for the simple reason that they provide an infinite distraction from actual action or traction, which would inevitably lead to the chance for failure. So mm. by pursuing this ideological or sociological pursuit of let's call it a million dollars, 
because it's not really our number and because it doesn't, it's not tied directly or implicitly towards some degree of specific quality of my life and what it's going to do for my life, mm. not achieving it is not really failure. But as soon as I come along as your coach and I, I, I attach that million dollars to you and your identity and your future, then not achieving it is very different. And so the reason we all do that and the reason we all, you know, pursue things that are outside of our own sort of uh, stay, I guess, is, is, is really simple. It's safer. It's much easier to let you tell me what to pursue because when I don't achieve it, I get to blame you. And so when we go looking for solutions to things, this is the problem with the, the, the guru and the mentor space, right? It's, it's not, again, that they're malicious or that they're, they're con artists or frauds. It's that they, they're well aware of the fact that the human mind, the human conscious will not likely be successful with this concept, right? Which is whatever they're selling you for that exact reason. They're going to, you're going to tell them what their future can look like if they buy this thing from you and they do this thing from you and they're going to achieve this thing from you. And at some point through there, it's going to get hard. It's going to get difficult. It's going to get confusing. It's going to get not mm. fun. Mm. And at that point, their investment, you know, in terms of their time is going to start to drop off. They're going to start to get distracted from other things. And then inevitably that will kind of exacerbate to the point where they don't achieve the result that they originally paid for. And then at that point, they don't have to accept failure because it was your program's fault. And then the mentor doesn't have to accept failure because it's worked before. So now we've got two people who are just like, okay, right. And I guess that's better than somebody being mad at somebody, but there's no accountability. No. And, and so somebody you know, will come along and help you with that. And, you know, once you follow someone else's, um, plan or pathway that that they've walked, and you know that you've then assumed their identity for what the thing is that you're trying to create, and it's like, well, without creating your own identity and your own goals, it's like, well, this is what success looks like over here. So that's who I'm going to almost become as a carbon copy of that. And when you, that's where you get that mismatch. Is like, well, hang on a minute. It, that doesn't align. Like I'm not that person. And plus then your goals are, or your, you know, your aspirations are kind of limited to the level that that person was at because that's as far as they achieved. Mm -hmm. And so you're only going to get at best in really ideal circumstances to that, that level. You're not going to supersede that. Um, you know, you're not going to go beyond that because no one can give you an answer for that and you, you mm -hmm. haven't defined it for yourself. So, I'm stuck here then at where you got to, mm -hmm. which is a, yeah. a big disservice. You know, I, I say it a lot on here that we are an industry of one. And I think, I think a lot of people who listen to this start to understand that like you guys sound different. Right. But the, the mm -hmm. way that I can prove to everybody on here that we are an industry of one is that you can bring any mentors program to us, guru mentor, otherwise, and, We'll just make you better at doing it. That same mm. cannot be said. You couldn't take our program to a guru or mentor, right? So, like, that's how you know. It's like, yeah. right? Because the simple thing that's going to happen is that you can bring me 
their whole program. And I'm going to say one thing, why? Right. And you're going to have to tell me why you're pursuing that, why you're after these goals, why you're after these things that are in there, these milestones, these objectives, these, you know, KPIs, scorecards, et cetera. Why? Right. Hmm. And for most people in that situation, they're going to be like, because it's surely better than what I got now. Mm. Is it? You don't know, right? You might not know that because you can, I'm telling you right now, success does not inherently come with freedom. In fact, more often than not, if you're not careful, it's the exact opposite. Be very careful of what you become good at because it will very quickly become your life sentence. And so you have to be really, really careful before you get typecast is the action movie guy for the rest of your career, right? You know, as comical as that is, it's the same thing. Like you can bring us any program, any platform, and we'll make you better at it because we will help you identify why these pursuits matter to you. And then instead of you adopting somebody else's goal, we help you turn those things into your own goals. And that's really all that this, this whole program is for us is that like, we just help you set your own goals. And that's why our clients are so successful. They take faster action because it's their idea because they have their own resources and it's their own inspiration. But most importantly, they do all of those things because they set the goal. We help them. We make them set the goal. We, we get you future paced, future state, identify what you want out of this thing and then clarify it, crystallize it. And then failure is not an option. And you know, as we've said a million times before, you know, failure is not an option because we're not going to fail on or, you know, fail you or, or let you fail yourself and stop before you get to where you go because we believe, you know, we're invested in where you want to be and that's that's becomes our life work is to make sure that you, you know, get there by, not by telling you, well, do this next, do this next, but it's keeping you accountable and asking you those powerful questions yeah. along the way that keep your, you focused on where, where it is you want to be and making sure those actions and intentions align. Mm-hmm. I mean, after three and a half years of watching client success stories and struggles, I can tell mm-hmm. you with certainty, every, every failed goal, every failed objective has come mm-hmm. from when you guys snuck in somebody else's goal. Right. Mm. And and it happens that nobody is impervious. This nobody is above it. It will always happen. You will find a way to politic and campaign somebody else's goal in there because you're like, I really want that red Ferrari. Right. But like yeah. you don't even know what that's gonna do for your life. Right. Mm. So he gets it in there, and then when it comes time to do it, it's just not gonna happen. Like the reason why we're not all billionaires is because nobody can conceptualize what the hell they would do with a billion dollars. Most billionaires, this is a fucking flame for this. They end up there on accident, right? Like mm. they are, they're so obsessed with this future that they're creating that they go after that future. The money follows second hand and mm. they're building something, creating something. Fucking Elon's trying to get to Mars. He wasn't trying to become the world's richest person. It just so happens that like when you have massive, huge goals and they're unwavering because you set that like, Nobody else told him, you know what you should do, dude? Go to Mars. Right? Like, that's very clearly his goal, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's why you can't get him to waver from that. And mm. that pursuit of that is, is how all the rest of it backfilled in. But everybody else is like, I sure want $200 billion. And they try to go after 
the result, but they have none of the intention. And so this is where we all end up struggling. And, and we could all become billionaires, truly. It's just that the effort that it would take to get there is well beyond any amount of effort that you're willing to put into it. Because I can assure you, once you pass like 5 million, your life changes forever. So much so that you're just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, you know, in order for you to keep going, you got to be really obsessed with something that you came up with. Right. And, and, and if you're lucky and hopefully you are lucky, that's, what's going to happen. And you're going to take off and you're going to end up at Mars. But most of you guys, you know, and this happens to all of our clients, we get them past six and seven figures and they're like, life is good. Now I don't got to go to the gym. I got a staff. Like, and we're like, okay, what do you want to do? They're like, nothing. I'm like, we got to work on something. They're like, no, I'm good. Well, can we just, let's just talk about fitness and stuff. Like, mm. what did you do this weekend? And I'm like, I don't mind having those conversations, but it's funny, right? Like, because mm. you get so far removed from pain, like then it's time to like restart the thing. So we got to get that future. And, and what we have to do in that situation is like, okay, I know we're having fun. I know you're out of pain, but like, this isn't done yet. And they're like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Back on track. Yeah. And, and to do the thing. And, you know, we don't, you know, we've never been a company where we parade our clients' successes out in front of the world. We don't, you know, here's Tony who achieved, you know. Because you're going to do 200, it. 200, yeah, he has 200 members. He has the thing. But, you know, our successes of our clients, I mean, if we did that, would probably look very different to what you would typically see because they're all, you know, what I found, you know, what made me, success or how I define success is very different to, you know, one of our other clients, for example, who might be, you know, getting, you know, their successful journey looks like not being burnt out anymore, um, you know, getting past PTSD all or whatever it happens to be. It's not just based on arbitrary metrics of, well, here's how we define success. So, mm -hmm. you know, Greg Glassman came in to find fitness. Here's, here's the, here's what fitness is. Whereas, you know, there's been these arbitrary numbers that come up that define success, whereas we're like to our clients, well, what is success to you? And I think that's a real powerful difference is that, um, you know, as we've joked about on here before, if, if someone comes in and says, yeah, I really want to sell cookies out of my affiliate, like, okay, cool. Why is that important to you? Um, why does it matter? Okay, let's, you know, head down that path. But it's not about, well, no, you have to do this otherwise you are not successful yeah we don't have an archetype of success and i don't ever want us to get to the point where we do you know because that would be one arrogant of us to assume that we know what's best for you and honestly if i'm if, if i'm being completely honest it would be it would be boring for us right that would just mm. would not be nearly as fun as watching all of you guys come in with you know i want to build this this coaching program or i want to build this version of a dealership of dreams or i want to do this or i want to do that and like you know, for us, the exciting thing is your goal. It is your pursuit. It is the thing that you're after. Was the exciting thing for us is not becoming the world's best CrossFit affiliate. Like the exciting thing for us is what you're going to do with that world's best CrossFit affiliate. Like, what's the application? What's the implementation of that? Like, how does how's the world different when we realize that goal? And that's why the you know for us that's the fun thing, and that's the way it was designed, right? Because like. Mm. you've got to be very careful because a lot of people currently like, yeah, Greg defined fitness, 
right? Because fitness is un, it's it's unquestionable, right? It's scientific data, right? Objectively speaking, increased work capacity, broad times, mobile domains, undeniable. Like you are definitely fitter because of that. Business does not operate that way because businesses, no two businesses are the same. All humans are the same, really. Mm. I know people are going to be like, I'm different. I'm like, yeah, you're different, but you still operate the same way, right? Mm. You might just look a little bit different or think a little bit different, but you know, businesses are not the same and they're, it's essentially like, that's like trying to find fitness for across from a monkey to a human. A monkey's definition of fitness can be very different, right? <laughs> and so there's a lot of people out there who are trying to define what is a quote unquote successful affiliate right now. And it's impossible. It can't be done. And you should be very weary of anybody who offers to do so because they're going to likely tell you things like metrics, like revenue or, or, or classes or this or that. And like, those are all great things, but they don't inherently mean anything unless they are improving the quality of life of the owner. That is success of any business. And guess what? Nobody can define what your quality of life looks like. Only you can. And if anybody tries to, that'd be weird. And it's, yeah, I mean, you know, as we touched on earlier, you know, humans will do infinitely better if something is their idea. I know we've all, you know, if you're a human, you've you've had a friend, a partner, or somebody where you've tried to get them to do a certain thing, and then one day they'll come to you and go, you know what, I think that this is a really good direction. It's like telling you that for three years or, you know, a member in the gym floor that you've been trying to get to do a thing and they come back to you like it's this world great knowledge that they've just acquired. And once it's their idea, they're going to pick that up and they're going to run with that. Whereas mm -hmm. telling them all the time is just, it's just in one ear out the other. We just have that natural resistance to, you can't tell me what to do. I'm a, I'm a grown ass adult. I can do what I want. Well, pick what you want and go do it. You know, yes, make it yours. Yeah. The action paradigm. People will not change until the pain of staying the same outweighs the fear of change. And really that ultimately comes down to the other statement that we say around here all the time, which is awareness precedes action. As soon as you become aware of the problem, that's when the pain begins to build. And that's when that pain continues to build and build that you will start to take action. Right. And so the, the thing that you have to be very careful of is that you decide where that action goes to make sure it's intention and it's not reaction. And I think that's probably a good night to to stick a pin in this one because um, some big big podcast. Uh, oh, I do all sorts of magic behind the scenes. That's why we keep you around here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's anyway, one of my redeeming qualities. No, Lisa does. She's putting pins in podcasts all day. Yeah, she does over there. Making making Tony look good. That's my my. It's a it's a good job. That's a that's a lifetime job. <laughs> All right, on that note, thank you, uh, sir. Uh, for you guys that are listening or watching, please give us a like or subscribe and share this with someone who you think will find some value. And as always, if you have thoughts or feelings about what we've discussed, drop something in the comments. We're always happy to have that conversation back and forth. All the links are in the bios to all of our good things if you want to reach out and talk to us and maybe have someone ask you that question, who are you? And you know, where do you want to be? Hmm. All right. Till the next one. Till the next one.